Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Sachidananda. of that? And uh, uh, the people in America seem to have got into a notion that I founded some organization called Integral Yoga Institute. So they call me, I'm the founder and director of that. I still don't know how far it's true. but I'm serving them under that name. And what I call integral yoga is sort of synthesis of all the various aspects or various approaches that could help us in experiencing the aim of yoga, which is to find tranquility. In simple words, I like to present the aim of yoga or even, as a matter of fact, aim of any philosophy or religion or faith, whatever term you like to give, is to experience what you are. to experience your true nature, physically and mentally, and thus spiritual. To know thyself seems to be the commandment behind all the great religions. And to experience that true nature, we should at least have an idea of what the true nature is. Otherwise, even if we experience, we may not know that we are experiencing it. So we should have a general idea what it could be. For that sake, I present this as to be easeful physically and to be peaceful mentally. You experience ease in the body, peace in the mind. 
If you experience these two, you are experiencing yoga or you are experiencing what is to be experienced in the name of religion or if you want to use the term God, you are experiencing God's presence. So I use three words to be easeful, to be peaceful and thus to be useful. If we could remember these three things, first I should be easeful and peaceful and only then we could be useful. If we are not easeful and peaceful, we are not only useless, we will become troublemakers. We will have a botheration to people. If we are even useless, it doesn't matter. You are innocent. <laughs> no problem. We won't have any problem with a useless person. But we will have all the problems with a restless person. So these are the aims behind yoga. And the same goes with any religion. I don't know whether I quoted the Bible last time Because to me, Bible is another yoga scripture. Bible presents this same idea beautifully. To be peaceful and that thus useful. Who will be easeful and peaceful? the one who is well balanced or the one who has attained the purity of mind and body a clean and calm mind and body a clean and calm body will be easeful. That is the reason why when we lose the ease of the body or when we disturb the ease of the body, we call ourselves diseased. So dis-ease is nothing but disturbed ease. The same goes with the mind. And the peace is disturbed, you become restless, become a disturbed person. 
So a peaceful mind is a pure mind. And a pure mind means a totally balanced, neutral mind. I say it again, a neutral mind is peaceful mind. Often we think a pure mind means with a lot of good ideas, lot of beautiful thinking, elevated thoughts, wanting to do good to others. Even your wanting to do good others could disturb your peace. If you do not get the opportunity. So, a mind totally free from wants. Which retains its balance. Is a pure mind. Bible calls it pure heart. It uses a beautiful word, heart, because the heart stands for the physical as well as mental side. So it goes body and mind as pure. In the Beatitude, it is said that blessed are the pure in heart. And if they are pure in heart, what will happen? They shall see God. The one and only qualification to see God, to experience God, is purity of heart. It didn't say anything else. Bible could have said, blessed are those who built a thousand churches. They shall see God. Blessed are those who printed a few million Bibles. <laughs> they shall see God. Blessed are those who light ten candles every Friday. No. He didn't say so. All it said is, blessed are the pure in heart. What a deep meaning it has. In that two sentences, it has summarized the entire yoga. The great exponent of yoga, Patanjali, 
The sage Patanjali, some of you might have read his words, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. At the very outset, he says, Yoga means Chitta Vritti Nirodham. Chitta Vritti Nirodham. Chitta means the sum total of mind. Vritti, turbulence. Nirodham, absence. What is yoga? To keep the mind free from turbulence. Our nerve is a well-balanced, tranquil mind is a yogic mind. Blessed are those who have the tranquil mind. In the second sutra of the line in the Yoga Sutra says Tata Grashtu Swarupe Vastanam. Then the seer experiences his true nature. These are the two sentences we see in Patanjali Yoga Sutra. Yoga means tranquility of mind. When that is achieved, the one who possesses such a mind experiences his true nature. Compare these two sentences with Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. They mean the same. If the mind is pure, you see God. If we go a little deeper into that, to understand that general term, you see God, where do you see God when the mind is peaceful? In the mind. To see the God in the mind, where do you stand? You stand in front of the mind. You stand in front of the mind and look into the mind and you see God. And you look into what kind of mind? A pure, balanced, clean mind. That means the mind becomes a clean mirror. When it is clean and calm, and you see God in it. If you go in front of the mirror and you see God in it, who are you? Hmm? Who could you? Hmm? You see yourself. But if you see yourself, in front of a dirty and rough 
or crooked and colored mirror, how do you see yourself? Distorted, colored, dirty you. You are not that, but you are looking into your own mirror. If the mirror is distorted, it will give your image the same distortion. You don't see yourself clearly. So to see yourself clearly, or to use the biblical saying, to see God clearly, you should have a pure heart or a clean mirror. Uh, am I clear in this? Huh? Thank you. So all our aim is to keep the mind calm and clean. Almost like a mirror. A clean reflective mirror. And then you, the real you, reflects in that mirror. You see yourself. Or you see your true nature. Or you see yourself as God. You see yourself as your Father. Jesus had that clean mirror-like mind and when he saw himself in it, he saw I and my father are one and the same. He couldn't see any difference between him and the father because he, see, he saw himself as that. The Hindus use an aphorism. They say, Tat Thvam Asi, Thou art that. So to experience God, we don't need to go and cry for God. Ask God to come. If so, where is He coming from? I'm just as a habit using the term He, forgive me. <coughs> if you like, you can put an S before. Because God is neither he nor she, nor even it, no one knows. You know God only when you become that. Until then you assume our own imaginations. God must be like this, like that. Even when you experience God, when you see God, when you know God, when you come down to the human level and you begin to talk about God, you limit it. You don't talk about God in the real sense. Why? Because you experience God where you 
transcend the mind. The mind being a limited one, it can never perceive the unlimited God. So whether the God should come under your limitation or you should get into unlimited state, otherwise there is no communication possible. To use a day-to-day radio technology, if a radio station transmits certain music, through certain wavelength, for example, 60 meter, short wave, and if you have a radio which is called a receiving set, and if you want to receive that music from the transmitting station, where would you tune your radio? Hmm? Any answer? Here the frequency is what is the frequency? Sixty meter short wave. Where would you tune your radio? Sixty meter. Only then you receive the music. If you are very close to sixty, you receive a little, but distorted, with a little atmospheric disturbances. But if both the transmitting station and the receiving set agree in that frequency, then there is a good communication. Otherwise, it's not possible. The same way imagine God is a big transmitting station. He transmits love, light, power, energy, grace, mercy, whatever you want to call. And if you want to receive it, you should tune your radio to that love wavelength. Love receives love. If you want to experience God, you should tune your mind to God's wavelength. That means you have to raise to the God's qualities. Otherwise there is no communication possible. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.